Welcome to another podcast here on Community Church Oxford's podcast. This happens to be another Fight Club podcast. I am so excited to have my good friend Deshaun with me and my good, other good morning. friend Javi with me this morning. Hola, hola, buenos dias. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. No, no, no. Don't be a don't be apologetic, man, for who God made you, bro. Yeah. You are a Spanish speaking brother from yeah. South California yeah. that really wanted to be born in Mexico. But we are glad that you are a part of the US of A and especially a part of Community Church. Yeah. Hey, a quick shout out there. If you know any Spanish speakers um, that are looking for a church to get plugged into, we at Community Church are blessed here to have our own Spanish speaking service on Sundays at eleven here at our office at sixty eight Highway 334. Uh, if you have any questions about that, you can always reach out to our church office or you can reach out to Javi. And uh, I know that he would love to get you guys plugged in. Definitely. Definitely. Hey, it's a good good to be with you guys. I hate I missed our last Fight Club podcast, but I was uh, helping some pastors find out if they really wanted to do this whole church planning thing or not, and uh, might have even uh, suckered some of them into doing it. But anyway, super <laughs> excited about that, um, but super excited about week three uh, of our Tony Evans study, No More Excuses at, in Fight Club. Just a quick reminder, men, uh, September the 28th at 6 p.m. will be our next Fight Club, so men, please come join us a part of that event. Uh, it is really, really awesome to see how many men we've gotten involved in that, uh, Sean. And I, I'm really excited just to see. Um, it, it's probably one of the the, the best that we've had, it, it, especially with momentum. Right. The consistency of it. Yep. So uh, week three was no more weak leadership. No more weak leadership. Um, I got to be honest with you guys. I'm kind of thankful that I missed it because uh, I honestly, um, not trying to be humble or anything like that, but you know, I think a lot of times we think that we're leaders. And I once heard it said, if you think you're leading somebody and you look behind you and nobody's following you, you're just out for a walk. And so I think we need to be reminded of that. And for me, as a as a husband first and then as a dad second, then as a pastor third, man, I got to make sure that I'm leading my wife, that I'm leading my boys, and that I'm also leading our church. And uh, so thankful to have other men alongside me like you guys helping us lead our church as well as our elders and the rest of our staff. So men, again, so excited to be uh, in this week's session of uh, Fight Club uh, podcast and looking forward to us manning up this morning. Uh, just to kind of a way of review, uh, the, the, the study this week on No More Week Leadership, we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 3. Sean, why don't you kind of open us up uh, today about where we are with that? Well, uh, it's dealing with the fall when God had given Adam and Eve the command of you can eat from any tree in the garden except the tree in the middle, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Wait a minute, Sean. You mean I can't have what I want? No. You, <laughs> and, and that seems to be the thing. We always want what we can't have. That seems to be the thing. The, the, the things we run after the most, the things that we know are off limits are the things we chase. But God had given them a command. And after, you know, they both sinned, God first came to Adam. And he asked Adam the question, where are you? Mm. You know, and, and Adam responds to God by saying, we heard you coming. We were naked. We hid. And the question God asked Adam was, who told you you were naked? Mm. Did you eat from the tree? And Adam's first response was to shift the blame from himself onto, onto Eve. That woman, and essentially started blaming God. That woman you gave me, gave me some fruit and I ate it. 
you know, man, it's so amazing that as we go through the study each week, No More Excuses by Tony Evans, when we get to the meat of the Bible study every, every, every week, the title above the, the, the actual Bible study that we do on Monday nights together is called Man Up. And, you know, I think about Adam. That was not his best man up moment. You know, uh, I like to say his manhood draws was down around his ankles because he was not being a man. But, man, let's, be, let's just be transparent this morning, Javi. Um, how often when we screw up, and, and I think the men listening and maybe some of those women have snuck in here to listen to, to what their men are, are, are learning through Fight Club and through our Fight Club podcast. And ladies, we don't want you to want it to sound like you're not welcome. Um, when God's word goes out, it does not return void. Thank you, Isaiah. But what I'm saying is here, Javi, um, how often is it that we find ourselves when we kind of get caught in doing something stupid? Uh, and, and I say sin is stupid, um, that we want to act as if, oh, man, I didn't mean to do that or when we get caught, we try to hide it or cover it up. Very similar to Genesis chapter three. Any thoughts there, bud? Yeah, I think that in 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 addition to playing the blame game and blaming it on someone else, I think it's also we're we're disobedient. Bottom line, we're not being obedient because he tell them straight up, like no, no, no. I mean, straight up by command, don't do this. And right. and how many times? God tells us, don't do this. And we do it. And we're being stupid. We sin. And then we want to play a, a blame game. But at, at the very beginning, the whole root was disobedience. Mm. Mm. So we're not being obedient to what, what God is asking from us. And we're so guilty of wanting to cover things up. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, I believe men, if there's anything that we're learning from Fight Club, man, we need biblical, authentic authentic relationships in our life. We need we need to be all we need to be honest with another brother in our life. We need to have somebody in our life asking us those hard questions. Hey man, when you were on the internet this week, what were you looking at? Uh, how how are you loving your wife? Uh, if you're a single guy, uh, man, what are you doing with your 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 time as a single man? Um, you know, I, I appreciate Paul saying, you know, it's better to be single so that you wouldn't have to deal with marriage and all of that. Well, I praise God that he did not call me to be single because Beth is my rock. I'm so thankful for uh, her partnership. And Sean, I know you agree with uh, your relationship with Kylie and, and Javi. I know you agree with your relationship with Midori. But reality is, is men, we got to have other men in our life that are holding us accountable because we will run off and hide. We will try to cover things up and we will definitely play the blame game. You know, one of the theme verses for this particular week's study, it comes from 1 Corinthians 11.3 that says, I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man. And I love that there's a comma right there, men. I think too often uh, for me, I, you know, for you guys that are listening today, um, you know that I get in a in a hurry a lot of times. And, and a comma just means to pause. And I think when we look at 1 Corinthians 11.3, when it says, I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man. Stop, period. Wait a minute. Hold mm. up. Who is in charge of us? Amen. Who's in charge, man? I'm asking. Who's in charge of us? Christ. Okay. Who's in charge of us, Sean? Amen. Christ. J Jesus, man. I mean, he's like, he's the top dog. Okay. And if that offends you, get over it. I mean, he is in charge of right. us. And, and what's so amazing about not, well, not really amazing, but what Adam and Eve did when they chose to disobey God was they allowed the enemy to convince them that they can be God. Hmm. Mm. And when we choose not to follow God, we are saying to God, I know better for me than you do. Yeah. I'm God. You're not. 
Amen. When we choose to not trust him and to disobey him, that's essentially what we're saying. I'm God and you're not. We might be a little G, but we'll never be big G. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We might try to be a little God, but we're never going to be the true God. Well, 1 Corinthians 11.3 goes on and says from there, I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man and the man is the head of of a woman. And there's a comma there. And and I know if there's any ladies that have snuck into this podcast and they're listening, they're like, oh, hold on now. Wait a minute now. Time out. <laughs> ladies, first of all, if we, first of all, if Javi, Sean, and myself can do this, I promise you our wives and our children are going to be grateful that we are putting Christ first. We are leading out of obedience and love for Christ as he has loved us, as 1 John four nineteen says. And then we will be over our wives as we lead them spiritually, emotionally. I mean, our responsibility, men, is to lead our wives. But, but, but let's don't get it twisted. It is Jesus first, then us, then our wives. But the way that relationship works is Christ has got to be the head of it. You know, I, when I do premarital counseling or when I'm doing counseling with a couple that's never had counseling before, I will write a triangle down uh, on a sheet of paper and I'll put God at the top of it and I'll put uh, Javi, I'll use you and Midori as an example. I'll put Midori on one side and Javi on the other. And I'll say, look, if you want to, you guys can grow as much as you want to grow and it'll just be a straight up arrow. But when you put God in the center and the cross in Jesus Christ on the throne that he deserves to be on, as you grow closer to Christ, you'll grow closer to each other as well as closer to God. And that's what this passage here, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. He says, I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man. The man is the head of a woman and God. God is the head of Christ. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And men, we would do, we would be wise, um, and we would be men who make no excuses about leadership if we would live out this verse. So the first question is: what does submitting to Christ look like in practical everyday actions? Either one of you guys want to jump off in that one? Uh yeah. So I someone someone in our Bible study this past Monday said it and and I don't want to take credit from it, but I can't remember who exactly said it. But like the first thing we can do, it says, what is your plan for me, God? Mm. That is the that is building a foundation. And, and he goes in, into saying that uh, the, the most important thing about building a house is building a foundation. Mm. And, and we can start by asking ourselves that question. What is your plan for me, God? So in that in. With that question, we're submitting ourselves to him. Mm-hmm. Well, you remember when Jesus asked his disciples, who does everyone say that I am? And Peter responded, you are the you are the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And one of the greatest statements that Jesus ever said, or at least one of the ones that we like to talk about a lot, Jesus looks at Peter and says, on this rock, I will build my church. And everybody thinks that Peter's the rock that he's talking about. Men, there is not a man on the planet has ever lived or ever will live that God will build his church on. He was building, he was saying to Peter, I'm going to build my church on that confession. And so what Peter was saying there, Javi, was, is he's saying, hey, look, Peter was saying to Jesus, hey, you're you're Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. That's what I build my life on. That's the foundation of my life. And so I think that is a very practical way of uh, submitting to Christ in everyday actions. The other thing is, is I heard this this uh, past weekend. I got to go to an event where one of our men, uh, I want to give Stephen a shout out, just finished 13 months of recovery, uh, memorized 50 verses. And at the end, men that were in recovery with him got to speak a word of encouragement to Stephen. And one 
one guy looked at him and said, I told Stephen I have a funeral every morning. And what he was meaning by that is, man, is, and it's right here with this question, what does submitting to Christ look like in a practical everyday action? My life verse, Galatians 2.20 says, for I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live, I live by the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What that's saying is, man, is this, is that I got to die to myself every day. I got to have a funeral every day. It cannot be about fish. It cannot be about Sean. It cannot be about Javi. It cannot be about any man or any woman that is listening to this podcast uh, whenever you're listening to it and think that that they're submitting if they haven't had a funeral yet today. So if you hadn't had a funeral yet today, the best way this can be practical is to have a funeral and die to yourself and live for Christ. The next question is in this particular week study, week three, no more weak leadership is describe some ways men can live strong, live as strong leaders in their homes, churches, and communities. Well, I think one of the ways when you think about um, live as strong leaders, it again goes back to that submission, that submitting and allowing Christ to be the lead and being bold enough and courageous enough to uh, accept the responsibility and the role that Christ has given you. It's calling out things when it needs to be called out. It is, you know, doing the right thing, you know, all the time. You know, not the popular thing, but the right thing all the time, because, you know, the right thing is not so popular sometimes. And so uh, and, and we do that in our homes, in our churches, in our in our community, you know, and I think um, as the church, the the, the church as a whole, we've done a poor job of being leaders in our community mm. because we are taking cues from the world on what to do, what to say, how we can act, what we, what we can teach and what we can preach and all that. But when we stand strong on the foundation of who Christ is and we live out the responsibility um, as biblical leaders, being bold and having our faith and foundation in Christ and it will have an impact on our homes, on our churches and in our communities. Javi, I want to, I want to flip to you just for a second. And, and I just want to remind people um, just, just real quickly, a little bit about who we are, you know, um, and, and look, our identity is in Jesus first. Um, my identity is in Christ. Sean's identity is in Christ. Javi, your identity is in Christ first. However, I think it's important for people to understand that we are a multi-ethnical church. And, uh, you know, uh, Sean is an African-American. Um, Javi is, a, you know, a, a Spanish-speaking American. He he has a, lots of roots in, in Mexico. Man, I'm from the Mississippi Delta. Many would say I'm a Caucasian or a white man. Um, but, 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 man, I want it to be heard that this question right here is needed in every single one of our communities. Mm. Men have got to rise up. It doesn't matter if it's the black community, the white community, the Hispanic community, uh, the Asian community. Uh, we need men to rise up, and we need them in this order to describe some ways men can live strong strong leaders in their homes, churches, and communities. Men, I think our problem is, and Javi, I'm coming to you next. I think our problem is, is too often in our lives, we want to lead in our communities before we lead in our homes and mm. our churches. Mm. Or we want to lead in our churches before we lead in our homes. Or we want to lead in our businesses before we lead in our homes. And and men, we've got to understand that as it says, what are some ways that we can be strong leaders? Javi, how, how can you be a leader first? What's the most important leadership responsibility in your life? Is it in your business? Is it in your leadership here at the church? Or is it loving Midori and Lily May the right way? That is that is the answer. Is it's 
to be leaders in our family first. Mm. That should always be the priority. And sadly, sometimes it's not. You know, a, a lot of us get caught up in way in way many other things. Yeah. And uh, and and we forget about that. So going back to your to your point where you when you talk about mar- mar- marital canceling and all that, I mean, it's right there. It's God, and then our family, mm-hmm. and then our wives, our spouses, our our children, and that is the the perfect way that we can show to be leaders. Right. But you know, um, Scripture tells us tells us that God gave. Adam and Eve the command to be fruitful and multiply. Amen. And many people say that's well, he wanted them to have a whole bunch of kids. Um, that may be true, but I think what he was really saying them, I want you to be fruitful and make disciples. Amen. Make Amen. disciples where? Home first. Sure. The, sh- the most powerful thing we can do if we really want to transform our community and our nation is each man need to make disciples in their home because guess what those are the people we spend the most time with those are the people we are the most intimate with those are the people that know us the best those are the people we do life with and so if i am doing what scripture says and that's training up my children to be witnesses and to be disciples of christ when they go to their schools when they go out in the community and if every single person does that if every man stands up and do what God has commanded us to do to be leaders in our home we will see a change in our community amen and and where I find myself is is that you know uh, first of all our podcast is done here at our office and and somebody keeps calling and 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 we're not going to answer while we're doing a podcast so if that's you calling please forgive us but but back to this question what are some ways we can live uh, as strong leaders in our homes, our churches, and our communities, all three of us are ministers, guys. And just a word of encouragement to us three, you know, uh, I, I have a great concern, and I would even go on to say fear. And I know that for every time you see the word fear in the Bible, there's a fear not for the Lord is with us. And I praise God that the, that the Lord is with us. But I think this word would speak true here. You know, we lead lots of men, we lead lots of families in our ministries. And, uh, and it's a joy to be able to do that. But I guess a concern and a fear I have is, is that Adam and Caleb, who happen to be my 14 and 16 year old boys are going to wake up one day and they're going to be 25 and 26 or 35 and 36. And Javi, men are going to walk up to them and men are going to walk up to them. Families are going to walk up to them, Sean, and say, man, thanks for, I'm so thankful for your dad for pouring into me. And my greatest concern and my greatest fear is, and, and, and I, and I'm trying to learn balance. That's why we need accountability in our life. But I'm so nervous that, that, that my boys might say, well, I'm glad they were, that he was there for you because he wasn't there for me. And so, man, I just want to say that as a word of encouragement. Yes, how do we become long, strong leaders in our homes, churches, and communities? Well, we got to make it a priority. We got to put Christ first in our life. We got to put our, our wife and our kids second, then our then our churches, then our our, our businesses and, and our communities. And, man, let me just give a quick shout out here to those that are listening. Uh, we need strong leaders in our home as well as we need long leaders in our churches. And I can make a guarantee if you are a strong leader in your home first and a strong leader in your church second, you will, you will, the domino will fall. You will become a strong leader in your community. And so just continue to continue to pray for our men uh, as we make no more excuses about what it looks like 
for no more weak leadership as we move forward and becoming the men that God's called us to be. All right, a couple more questions as we wrap up our time together today on our Fight Club podcast here at Community Church Oxford. What does it look like for a man, Sean, what does it look like for a man to take responsibility, leadership, and function as a man? What does that look like to be a man, and and not just a man by responsibility, leadership, and function, but what does it look like to be a man? Uh, Biblically speaking, it it looks like someone who is 100% committed and submissive to the call and mission of Jesus Christ. Amen. It, It looks like someone who has made the decision that regardless of which way the world goes, I'm following Jesus. Amen. I'm going to lead my family in the way of Jesus. I'm going to stand on the principles and the foundation of Jesus, and I'm not going to turn away from it. I'm not going to be swayed right or left. I'm going to stay straight, and I'm going to do what Christ has called me to do. Not saying that we won't mess up or make mistakes. We will because we, we are human. But the beautiful thing about that is God has given us grace. Amen. That when we do fall out of line or when we do make mistakes, that that we can come back and get back on track. Amen. So to me, biblically speaking, being a man, um, not just by, you know, being a man or uh, being a male or what have you, but taking that responsibility, living up to the leadership and leading in the way of Christ and and function and you know we've always talked about and we've mentioned it a few times in our uh bible study that as men we set the tone we Amen. are the thermostats That's right. we are you know the steering wheel so to, right. so to speak you know we are the ones responsible for leading our families in the right direction because here's the thing when when god asks what did you do with what i gave you mm. Mm. Our excuse can't be, well, those people next door or so-and-so did this, so-and-so did that. But when he asks, what have you done with what I have given you? Will you be able to stand up and say, I gave everything I had to lead in the way you called me to lead? Amen. Amen. Well, paraphrasing uh, a New Testament scripture that says where much is given, much is required. Uh, Man, God has given us much as men and God has given us much responsibility. And if we'll be faithful in the little things, then we'll get the opportunity to be the faithful in the big things. And I think, unfortunately, men, too often we forget that being a man is, number one, a responsibility. Uh, We've been set apart to be leaders. There is a reason that God created man first. He wanted him to lead. And so what I would just like to echo there, anybody can be a man, but only men who, who, who man, who men up, who, who man up can be a, a godly man, can be a biblical man. And, and reality is, uh, you know, I wear, I wear readers cause, uh, you know, I'm, getting a little older i'm 43 and i can't see words as well as i used to so i see things differently through these lenses sean what i hear you saying is is that to be a true man you got to be a biblical man and every decision you make has to come through the lenses of what the bible says not what the world says not through through what the bible says not what your wife says through what the bible says not what your kids say through what the bible says not what your your buddies at the at the hunting club or where you hang out or where you work at say at the end of the day to to be a, a to be a real man, to be a man that mans up and takes responsibility, not just in responsibility, leadership, and function, but lives his life out loud, is to be a biblical man. And what we would call that is is a, a biblical manhood, and and to be men who say. 
God is first. The Bible is our map. We're going to love our wives in the way that Christ has loved the church. If we're single, we're going to love others in the way that Christ has loved us. And then that will overflow out of our lives, out of our relationships, out of our families, out of our churches, and out of our communities. And people will be attracted more to Jesus than they will to be to us. You know, Dr. Evans gave us an illustration in the video. Uh, he says when you buy a checkerboard and you, you take those pieces out, each piece has a crown on it because each piece has the potential to be a king. Mm. Mm. And he said, and it all depends on you making the right moves. Mm. Making the right moves will lead you to your kingship, but making the wrong moves will get you off the board. Mm. And so just think about that. Each man that God has created has the potential. Because if you go back to what God, the job God gave to Adam in the garden, he said he brought everything to Adam for Adam to give his name, give, mm. give a name to. Mm. And so that gave Adam dominion. Sure. Over everything. That's right. And so as men, as biblical men, God has given us the potential, the potential to be kings and to have that authority not to dominate or be domineering over anything or anybody but to lead in a responsible biblical way and Javi, I think that leads into our last question today here on our Fight Club podcast. In what ways? Because here's reality. Man, every single one of us have been blessed. God's given us gifts, talents. You know, I was having a conversation last night with my 14-year-old, um, and the likelihood of him listening to this podcast is probably pretty slim, so I think I can get away with this. But, you know, he, he had kind of gotten in a in, – in, in what we looked at – three or four weeks ago, um, man, he had kind of got into that loser limp. Okay. He had kind of got into that deal of feeling sorry for himself. And, and he was wanting me to speak words of affirmation over him. And men, sometimes I got to be honest with you. Sometimes I just don't want to do it because I want him to man up, but man, I got to be reminded that he's a kid, you know, and God gave me grace. So I got to give him grace. But, but, but so often, and I saw my 14-year-old trying to hide behind some blessings that God had given him, some talents and some gifts that God had gave him, um, and instead of manning up. And the last question we have today, and so Javi, I'm going to throw it to you as we kind of wrap up, and then we'll kind of do a quick roundtable. In what ways might men attempt to hide behind their blessings to give the outward appearance that they are strong spiritual leaders? So what I mean by that is last night, I've seen my 14-year-old grow a lot in the last few months, but he, but he, hit, a, he hit a moment. And I think all men hit those moments. And that, in that reality, I think all people hit that moment, men and women. But as men, I think sometimes we hide behind our gifts. We hide behind our creativity. We hide behind what God's blessed us with. And, and we do it to, to give an outward appearance that we're strong spiritual leaders when we're actually weak. Yeah. And uh, Javi, you were sharing with me in our, in our prep time that this past week, you know, in this past session, uh, that that there was a really good quote on that. So yeah, would you elaborate was, on that a little bit? Yes, there was a really good quote, and I, and it seems like I'm just stealing quotes from <laughs> from our men. But hey, everything is stolen, brother. Get, everything is stolen. Credit, credit, credit where credits due. So this is from uh, Jeff McManus, and he says something that man, he shook the room when he said it, and he said, "Being busy is the same as being lazy," and what he meant by that is. By by using the excuse of being busy all the time, in reality we're being we're being lazy to be leaders and focusing on the things that we really need to focus on. 
and focuses on the priorities that God has put put in front of us mm. because we use that excuse as, oh, I'm too busy. And uh, I, I think it connects perfectly to what where we started about the priority being our families and, and being leaders in our families, being leaders not not in the community first, but in our families first. And therefore, you will see all those results in the communities and church and everything else that we do. And I think the reason that Tony Evans is study No More Excuses is such a man, it's just a fresh word right now, Sean, about where we are as a as a, as a as a church. OK, I mean, we're trying to raise up men. You know, we're trying to be different than most churches. And and by the way, if, if you go to another church, that doesn't mean that we're being negative towards your church. But I would say the truth is. I would say this truth is true at your church. Too many women are leading. And it doesn't mean, ladies, that we're not thankful for your leadership, but it's allowing men to be lazy. Uh, I think part of the problem in our country today, in our nation today, in our in our local community here in Oxford and Lafayette County and the university community, one of the issues that we have is that men are not being men. We're not manning up and taking responsibility and leading well. I think lots of people lead, but very few people lead well. And so as I think about where we are, part of the problem, and I'm not even, man, I'll go out here on a limb and, and I don't think I'm actually going out too far on a, I mean, it's not a twig. I promise you it's a pretty big honking limb. I'm standing on it pretty solid with this statement. One of the biggest priorities in America today and the world today is men aren't being men. And, and it, and it's a sin problem and it's a major sin problem because when you shared that quote that Jeff McManus gave during our last fight club gathering, uh, on Monday nights at 6 PM here at our office, what you said, when you said that I, I y'all remember in our prep time, I took my finger and I started pointing at me because here's our reality too often. We want to be, we want to be busy because if we're busy, it looks like we're doing something Well, we can be busy doing nothing. Yeah. We can be busy doing nothing. And I know this, there are very few things that are going to last in this life. The word of God and the souls of men, the word of God in the souls of men. And so the reason we have fight club in the first place, Sean, and I'm so thankful that God had allowed us to start this ministry in the very beginning is that we want to fight with our men. We want to fight for their faith. We want to fight for their families, for, for their families, not with their families. Make sure you understood that. <laughs> uh, and we want to fight for, for what God is doing in our life because God has given us such an opportunity as men to lead. So it's time to quit blame gaming. It's time to quit, you know, uh, making excuses, covering stuff up, running off and hiding. It's time to man up. And so as we do a a quick recap of no more weak leadership any last thoughts as we close out our time together well you know i made the the comment and the some of the men in the room picked at me when i said this but uh i, I made the the statement that being busy with other with things other than what god has called you to do it's like being in a spin class. Mm. There's a whole lot of movement, but ain't nobody going in, mm. <laughs> anywhere. Mm. You know, there's a lot of movement and we can get so busy doing things that we're really not doing anything. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And and I've found myself in that quite a bit. Yep. And so the, the key is to make every movement count. Mm. Make everything, make everything you do count. No, um, one there's a term or a phrase that a lot of coaches use in football 
and things like that when it comes to to running and it's no wasted movement. Mm. Mm. No wasted movement. And so men, it's time for us to be strategic and intentional yep. about what we do and have no wasted movement. Amen. 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 Guys, as we close out our time today, uh, a good friend of mine, Keith Carter, he's the athletic director here at Ole Miss. Um, Keith and I were, had the privilege to be a part of a Bible study. I don't know if it was his privilege. It was my privilege to be a part of that Bible study with with several other godly men. And um, we were encouraging each other, uh, you know, in our study together. And he said, you know, too often we find ourselves being so busy in life and at work and man when we get home man it's like we're wanting to land the plane you know what i'm saying like we finally made it we get to our recliner we kind of fall back in our chair um man we we we're just done we're finished and he made a statement that that'll forever change my life and so keith if you happen to listen to this podcast i i just want to tell you thank you brother too often and this is when he worked with the athletic foundation where he was raising money and trying to get people to give to Ole Miss and that kind of thing but now he's an AD so now he's coaching coaches so this probably speaks even more to them but he said when he was over the athletic foundation he said you know I'll give people filet mignons and ribeyes all day long and I'll serve them and give them my best. But when I get home, uh, he said, I'll give my wife and my kids the crumbs. And men, if we're going to have less weak leadership in our life, when we get home, we can't be landing the plane. We got to be ready to take back off. And instead of giving our family the crumbs, we got to give them our best. We got to give them the filet. And if you don't like the filet, maybe it's a big old pork chop or a big old piece of chicken or whatever. But we got to be willing to give our best to our uh, to our Lord first. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for saving us. To our wives, if we're married, if we're not uh, single men out there, uh, you can give your best to others. And then to our families, to our churches, and to our communities. So as we close out our time today, just a quick reminder, uh, coming up, uh, next Monday night, uh, next Monday night, September the 28th at 6 p.m. right here at our church office, 68 Highway 334. We'll have our other, our, our, our next, not our other, our next fight club gathering for men. It will be at 6 p.m. Uh, we will provide a meal for you, uh, and then we will dive into another opportunity to really dive into God's Word. In this particular study that's coming up uh, week four, no more going through the motions. Mm. No more going through the motions. Um, Man, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that one. <laughs> I think we can all look as if we are, as if the light is on yeah. uh, when people are checking us out. But reality is too often we are totally just going through the motion. So, men, we look forward to that. September the 28th, our next Fight Club in person. Uh, you can join us again here next week. Uh, we will have another Fight Club podcast here at Community Church Oxford Podcast. But I do want to give a quick shout out to our men. One of the ways that uh, you can model uh, uh, less weak leadership and more powerful leadership is by sharing your faith. So on October the 1st, here at our church office, again, 68 Highway 334, we will begin an evangelism class here during our lunch hour. Uh, we'll start about 10 minutes after 12. We'll be done by 10 minutes to 1. And uh, what we're going to do is, is we're going to walk through how sharing our faith really matters. And we're going to give practical ways of uh, hands-on evangelism where you can have a conversation where there was God's design, sin entered the world, that brought brokenness. We tried to fill our life with everything else. Then we had to come to the realization that we had to turn or repent, which means the same thing, and turn from our sin and turn to God. That's the 
gospel, and then God puts it back in his right order. And so, men, as we were talking today about weak leadership, one of the reasons that we're weak is because of the blame game. But another reason that we're weak is because of the simple fact we're not leading, as 1 Corinthians 11.3 says, I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, the man is the head of a, of a woman, and God is the head of Christ. So, men, as we live out our lives this week, may we man up and may we be led by Christ, and may we lead our wives, our families, and those around us as Christ being the head. Man, it's been so good to be with you guys today. Look forward to our next Fight Club, and make sure you share this. Make sure you comment. Man, we know that we're not professionals in this, so any comments that you would have, please share those with us, and we look forward to being with you next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you. See you. Holla.